Well, we're back. Penguins hockey is officially on for this week. Tuesday, they have a big matchup against the Boston Bruins. Thursday, they go to Ottawa, take on the Senators for the final time this season. I have a big preview episode coming up right after this drop where the Penguins can hopefully get their first win in almost a decade against the Boston Bruins. Look for that coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Hello, underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Penguins, as I said in my little opening monologue, they're back in action this week. They'll take on the Boston Bruins on Tuesday. I have a full preview for this game coming up a little later on. Um, in today's episode, we're also going to go into some potential lineup changes where it looks like that's going to happen tomorrow. And then um, a couple other things as well. First off, though, you know, the big news of the day on Monday, um, Evgeny Malkin has been placed in COVID protocol. He was one of the only players on the team that did not have COVID this year. Um, there have been multiple players that have tested positive twice. Pretty sure Zach Aston Reese is one of them. But uh, Malkin was one of, I think, one only one or two, three players that had not tested positive yet. You can scratch him off now. He was experiencing mild, mild symptoms per Mike Sullivan on Monday, uh, self-reported to uh, um, trainer Chris Stewart, and then he has tested positive. So he is out until those symptoms go away. It does not look like this is an asymptomatic case. So um, I, I would say at this point, you know, probably be out for maybe a week, um, but to perhaps a bit more. Hopefully his symptoms aren't too, too bad. But, you know, it really sucks for Gino because I thought he was getting better and better from each game. Is averaging already a point per game since coming back from his injury about a month ago. So, um, you know, but, you know, the Penguins have played without Malkin a lot this year, so they're experienced in that regard. I, I think, honestly, they're they're fine. But, you know, they do face a big test in the Bruins. Um, again, I'm going to get to that later on. But there are also a couple players back at practice on Monday. Danton Hyde, and he was a full participant after missing those two games before the All-Star break with a lower body injury. Mike Sullivan classified him as a game-time decision. In my opinion, he is going to play. You know, Sully even said after practice, it, he was a full participant. He was participating in regular line rushes. Um, excuse me. So um, he is, you know, he, he will be playing. As for those lines, uh, Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Brian Rust on the top line, that's not changing. Brock McGinn with Jeff Carter and Kisbury Kampanen. Danton Hyden with Evan Rodriguez and Redeem Zahorna. Zach Aston Reese, Brian Boyle, and Dominic Simone. And then Drew O'Connor was skating on the Wilkes-Barre line. He was back at practice today as well. He will not be playing tomorrow. He was a limited participant in practice, but it's still good that you know he's progressing back from his injury. Defensive corps, you know, those were the same. Uh, Jim Latang, Pedersen, Marino, Matheson, Ruido. I saw some people on social media and a couple other places saying, like, you know, it's big that Friedman is, is, is also skating on the second pairing. I really wouldn't read too much into that because I don't think Mike is going to scratch John Marino. Um, 
unless he truly does struggle at both ends of the ring. I know I have talked about you know this on the podcast numerous times this year, but I still think until you know more of his metrics start to go down a bit more, I don't think he's going to come out of the lineup. You know, he, Sullivan has always been a fan of him. Um, I, I just can't see it, um, at least in my opinion. But there were two big call-ups that we saw today from Wilkesbury, uh, Michael Chaput and Valtteri Pustinen. So um, Pustinen, by many, is said to be the best prospect down there. Um, and he's he, he's played um, pretty pretty good, um, I should say. If I can get to the stats this year um, – um, on Wilkesbury's website, if I can do that here. Um, let me see here where Pustinen is at. Um, so he, he this year, he actually has uh, 13 goals and 27 points in 40 games. Um, that that leads Wilkesbury. Um, you know, uh, he was a great player at training camp uh, from what I saw highlights-wise and from a lot of reporters that were at Cranberry um, at PPG Paints Arena saw. Um, if I were the Mike Sullivan, I would play him, and here's why. Um, we all know what Dom Simone brings to the lineup. He's fine possession-wise, decent playmaker. Defensively, he's fine, but he's not going to score for you. You know, it's just at this point in his career, you know, if it didn't happen a few years ago, you know, it's not going to happen now, and it hasn't happened. Pustinen, he is a scorer. As I just said, 13 goals in 40 games this year for Wilkesbury, and. You know, he's one of those young guns that, you know, he can make an impact if he comes into the lineup. You know, I don't truly think this is a Mark Dong situation. I know a lot of people outside of Pittsburgh will say that. But, you know, again, he is well regarded as perhaps the top prospect in the Penguin system outside of POJ. And I know that's not saying much. Trust me. I, I, I get it. You know, the, the, the Penguins do not have a good farm system. It's ranked in the bottom five of the NHL. Year after year, that's the price you pay with winning three Stanley Cups with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, but I do want to see what this kid can do. Um, I know he wasn't uh, skating on, on, a, on one of the four lines in practice today, but again, as I just said, Simone, you know what he can do. Boyle, I, I think, I guess I would keep him in lineup. He's been fine. Radim Zahorna, I, I want to see what he can do as well. Um, though, if you honestly scratch Zahorna for Pustinen, I don't really think a lot of people would care that much. That's just at least my opinion. But he's always had a heck of a shot. He's really fast, good two-way game, good playmaker. Um, why not? I think at this point, you're on a four-game losing streak. You know, you should honestly try to, you know, you know, bring out all the shots to end that losing streak. I know the team is basically a lock to get in the playoffs. It's per money puck this morning, it was like 99.6%. I mean, unless there's a team that goes on a massive run that's below them, um, they will be in the playoffs uh, come late April, early May. But you know, I, I'm still pretty intrigued and excited by this player. I really hope Mike potentially, you know, puts him into a game for as long as he's up here because, you know, Malkin's probably, as I just said, he's only going to be out for a week, pro- probably less than 10 days. Um, but they still have, you know, a few games during that span. You know, th- they should put him in, have him have, make his NHL debut and see what the kid can do. Should put, I mean, I, I don't really know too much about him. Um, this year, if I can find his stats here. Um, so yeah, three goals, 12 points in 25 games. So he hasn't done um, too, too much for Wilkesbury this season, but he was one of the other call-ups. I don't think he's going to get into a game. If, if Mike were to put him in the lineup over Pustinen, um, I think there would be a problem. 
that's for sure. But, you know, I want to see some more younger energy into this lineup. Um, I know that sounds weird to say just because of how good this team has been this year, but, you know, he's a player that I think, you know, a lot of people in the fan base are intrigued about, especially um, King Clarky of Penguins Twitter, who's always in my DMs about him, just, you know, sending me highlights and all this stuff. So, you know, I definitely know that would make at least uh, one Penguins fan happy, but probably a whole bunch of others as well. Um, I know he will probably only get third, fourth, most likely fourth line minutes, um, I should say. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I I think at this point he's a better option than a couple of the fours that are going to be in the lineup tomorrow night. So we'll have to see if Sullivan goes against um, the practice lineup that we saw today. But as of right now, it's looking like the lineup that I just read out is going to be your lineup against the Bruins. And of course, you know, Tristan Jari is likely going to start that game. It's good that he had a week off. I know he had to play in the all-star game. He played pretty well, honestly, you know, overall. Um, I think in that last game or the two games combined, uh, 14 out of 15 uh, shots he faced, uh, 14 saves. So, or that might've been just the last game, I believe is what it was. So he was one of the best goalies of the all-star game. You know, I saw these weird takes over the weekend from other Fan base is saying that Tristan didn't deserve to be there. Shosturkin should have. And, you know, I, I I understand that. I get Shosturkin's probably going to win the Vezina this year. But he was not the Rangers representative. That went to Chris Kreider, who was having a Rocket Richard-type season. And I get that he didn't, you know, Shosturkin didn't get in, you know, during, like, the fan voting and, you know, the, the while the last p- couple of players in and all that. But Tristan still deserved to be there. He's been one of the 10 best goalies in hockey this year. One of it, one of definitely the three best goalies in the Eastern Conference, at least in my opinion. So, you know, just to see this weird nonsense from other fan bases, just ignore it. You know, people will move the goalposts. Um, you know, I try not to get myself suckered into it too much, though, you know, some people definitely try to get me to do that, that's for sure. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to do a full preview for the game against Boston on Tuesday, going to their lines. Um, this is a, a game that I really think it, it's just going to be a tough one to win just because the Penguins – for whatever reason, they stink up at TD Garden. But before we get to that, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. And they're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein, and you can replace your candy bars with these as well. They're better than candy bars. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, but the trick with Built Bar is most of them are 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs, and they are 17 grams of protein. You know, there's so many great flavors with mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, White chocolate cookies and cream. I'm going to have to get my hands on one of those. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, Again, Penguins will be playing the Boston Bruins for the first time um, this season. Um, of course, you know, you know it, it is a TD Garden, and I'm trying to find here the last time the Penguins 
barely i'm just trying to figure this out here um well i'll do this in a second um there there is good news um at least for the penguins with this there will be no tuka rask yeah so he will be out all week according to bruce cassidy um definitely something that um i didn't see coming i thought he was back healthy but it will be jeremy swayman uh for the bruins on tuesday will not be linus allmark so um that's you know, again, that's pretty. That's a big deal. Uh, Swayman's been good this year. Don't get me wrong, um, but you know, it's still not having to face Tuukka Rask um, is a, a pretty big deal, at least in my opinion. As for the lines, you know, Bergeron with Marchand and Craig Smith, it is weird that they're not icing. You know, the so-called best line in hockey, which I think it is. You know, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, that are putting Pasternak on the second line with Tomas Nosek and T- Taylor Hall. Um, I think if you know, they're struggling in this game, they'll just flip-flop Craig Smith and David Pasternak. Um, they will have no problem doing that. Uh, Jake DeBrest with Charlie Coyle on the third line. Um, Curtis Lazar on the fourth line defensively. Charlie McAvoy with Matt Grizzlick. I think that's one of the be- better top pairs in hockey. I love watching McAvoy play, the way he moves the puck. He's just so methodical with it, and you know he can fake you out in an instant, has a bomb of a shot from the point. Great playmaking ability, and oh yeah, I mean, he's also ridiculously good in his own zone. Uh, Mike Riley with Brandon Carlo. I really think the Bruins missed Carlo a lot last year. Uh, Remember, you know, he didn't play too much um, in the playoffs or towards the end of the regular season. You know, I think he had some concussion issues. I think one of them was due to a massive hit by Tom Wilson. Um, You know, this is a player that, you know, he, he means more to them than I think, you know, some people, you know, say. So glad to see him back in the lineup. And I also will say this, that is my mistake. Um, they actually beat the Bruins um, in Boston um, early, earlier last in April of last year. It, it was 4-1. to one. That was their first win in Boston since 2013-2014. If I recall correctly, Lee Stefanak had the game-winning goal in that game. There's a nice little throwback for you all right there. Lee freaking Stefaniak, of course, who was acquired by Ray Shiro um, in my, I believe that was my, that was my junior year of high school. That was the year they beat Columbus in the first round and then blew the three, one lead to the Rangers in the second round. Um, I'll always say, you know, that's one of the biggest what ifs right there in Penguins history. If they go on to win that series, you know, who, who knows what happens um, with this team? But, you know, again, that's a, that's a discussion I think for another day. Derek Forbert is on um, their bottom pairing. As for their underlying numbers, uh, they have 56% of the expected goals this year per money puck, 49.7% of the actual goals. So they're not finishing their chances um, as well. That also goes show with their goal differential minus one this year. So um, definitely not as good uh, as in years past. They have 53% of the shot attempts at 5v5, um, scoring on over a little bit more um, per money puck. So goals for per 62.4, their goals against per 62.43. So pretty similar. Um, in that regard, though, their expected goals for per 60 is 2.55. So um, their actual goals against, they're outperforming that. Um, actually, no, excuse me. Their expected goals for is 2.55. Their goals for is 2.4. So they're underperforming there, but you know they're also underperforming, I think, with their goals against 2.43, but their expected goals against is 2.05. Um, this has always been a strong defensive team. Um, but you know, I think the biggest thing with Boston is, you know, I like their lineup, but can they go toe-to-toe with a team like Tampa or Florida? And I just don't think they can. I mean, we all saw last year 
Remember, you know, they crushed the Washington Capitals in the first round, right? But then the Islanders just, you know, flat out bullied them in the second round, beat them in, what, five or six games. And I know the Bruins kind of outplayed them. It was a little similar to how the Penguins did. I would say the Penguins outplayed the Islanders a lot more, uh, just looking at the underlying numbers in that series. But that was still, I think, a series that the Bruins should have won. I thought Tuka Rask played as well as he could have. I know he was battling an injury. It was just, you know, Islanders goaltending was that was, I think, the main difference again. And they were also getting scoring from all over the lineup. But, you know, as, as I look at the standings today, you know, the Bruins come into this game 26 and 14 and three, so 55 points. They're eight points behind the Maple Leafs. They're 11 points behind the Lightning, 14 points behind the Panthers. So, you know, it's looking very, very likely, I should say, that they're going to finish fourth in the Atlantic and they will probably draw Florida in the first round. That's just, that's not good. I mean, I know they have a lot of firepower. David Posternak's getting really hot. I love Patrice Bergeron. He's one of the best players um, of this generation. Brad Marchand, I mean, he's ridiculous. Taylor Hall can turn it on in an instant. Charlie McAvoy, if Tuka Ras stays healthy, who knows what can happen. But I think at this time, they're one of the lower fringe contenders. And it's going to be unfortunate when, you know, likely, I mean, if I get old takes exposed or I get old takes exposed, you know, it's going to be, you know, unfortunate when, you know, Bergeron probably retires with only one Stanley Cup. And same with Marshawn's day. You know, I, I I think it's too early to say with Pasternak because they drafted him uh, while Bergeron and Marshawn were in their primes. But, you know, it's it, it's still unfortunate just because they, you know, they've always been a perennial contender, <clears throat> you know, for a long time. But, you know, the Bruins also have three games in hand on the Penguins, though that said the Penguins are seven points ahead of them. But I always love when these two teams play, especially – you know, even if it's in TD Garden, you know, the games are always fun. Again, I apologize for being, you know, definitely a bit wrong about, you know, the Penguins breaking their uh, winless streak in Moss. And I thought that was still ongoing. I thought that four to one win was in Pittsburgh. Turns out, you know, I, I don't get everything right. I'm not a genius all the time. I, I am. I try to be, you know, the best expert I can be with this team. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I fall flat on my face and I look like a complete moron as I did just there. So, um, Overall, though, excited to watch this one, and you know we, we we will see what the Penguins can do. You know, you know the vibe check as Jesse Marshall says. Let's see how they come out and forecheck in the first five to ten minutes. If the Penguins are forechecking with authority and they're playing sound defensive hockey, ninety percent of the time, you know, you know which way that's going to go. It's going to go in their favor. Now, if they come out and don't look good, and you know they're getting bullied, you know, up and down the rank, you know, then I'm definitely going to be a little concerned moving forward. And for the rest of that game, but that'll do it for this segment. Um, before we get to our next segment, Ben Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple of weeks, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline is up to the minute info on the pro and college hoop scene, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back here to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LA underscore Penguins. Uh, a couple quick All-Star game thoughts. You know, I, 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 I didn't, you know, talk about the All-Star game just in general after watching it, just because, you know, that game was the day on the weekend. Of course, I don't do shows on Saturdays, but... You know, it was fun to see just the players having a good time there. Uh, Jake Gensel had a couple really gorgeous feeds 
uh, during that game. You know, Claude Giroux also had a heck of a feed to Jake Gensler. And, you know, maybe I'll get a little heat for this. I tweeted this on my Twitter. If you don't follow me on Twitter, I'll say it here for you all as well. Wouldn't it be kind of chaotic and fun if Claude Giroux was threading passes to Jake Gensel about a month and a half from now? Yes, I understand. That's probably not going to happen. I don't think Ron Hextall is going to trade with this former team. These two teams hardly ever trade with each other. The only one that they did that I can remember was the Mark Streit one in 2017 where Hextall, who was the Flyers team at the time, he traded Streit to Tampa who then had to trade him to Pittsburgh because they were not going to do that trade together. You know, it's like, you know, the Steelers and the Ravens or something agreeing to, or to a trade or the Steelers and the Browns. It's just, it's not going to happen. But, you know, my sick, chaotic mind would love nothing more than to see Claude Giroux uh, threading passage to Jake Ensel and the Penguins. I'm just injected into my veins. It would make all bunch of Flyers fans so mad online. And, you know, just watching the reaction, I think, from Penguins fans as well. Um, just... No, give it to me. You know, hopefully that is the highlight of this episode of this podcast. But um, I, I loved what Jake was doing. You know, just again, he had really some really nice goals, some great passes as well. Jari was making a lot of, uh, well, pretty good. I, I shouldn't even say pretty good saves because the effort in these All Star games is really, I shouldn't say it's it's non existent because there definitely is some effort there, but it is, you know, it, it, there's a little bit of effort. Um, I should say, you know, he was actually making, you know, at least a half effort to make some saves. And I, and I thought he played pretty well um, in the three on three overtime. Again, I'm not going to get into people saying that he didn't deserve to be there. That's just a bunch of hogwash to me. Um, and, you know, this got me thinking, you know, after watching the, the Pro Bowl on Sunday, a little bit of it, which, you know, I would rather watch my water boil for pasta than watch the Pro Bowl. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, just ranking the top all-star games among the four major sports. I, the NFL was obviously at last. I mean, that was basically two-hand touch. That's how big of a joke it was watching that game. And, and no one even takes it serious. You see guys taking selfies on the sideline. I mean, they're not playing to, you know, hit stick anyone. And obviously, you know, back in the day, it was a little bit different when Sean Taylor, you know, may he rest in peace, was just decking people in the Pro Bowl, everything. You know, he, he laid out some massive hits, um, you know, when he was doing his thing. Um, I would probably have the NBA at third. Um, theirs used to be, I think, top two, but with how their dunk contest has gone down recently and, you know, their game, I don't really think it's, you know, deserving of being in the, in the top two. I would have the NHLs at number two. So for as much as this sport gets wrong league-wise, I guess I should say, you know, they definitely get the all-star game right. And the move to three-on-three, three, I think, really saved it because, I mean, did anyone really watch when the when the game was, you know, four on four, five on five, or whatever? No. I mean, it was kind of boring because you didn't see as much scoring. Now with these, where you see, you know, two, you know, 10 to 20 minute periods and the games are over pretty quickly, you know, it's up and down action and there's a two on one basically every freaking shift. I mean, that's what's going to hook a casual fan into the game of hockey. You know, no one wants to see you trap in the all-star game or see, you know, more skaters on the ice. They want to see the best of the best go at it three on three, just like you do um, in overtime in the regular season, you know, and I'm glad the NHL made that change when they did six years ago. Uh, baseball, I would have it number one. You know, the, the best thing, you know, th they did was, you know, whoever won the game would get home field advantage in the World Series. That's how you, you know, you get some incentive into the All-Star game where some players try harder than others. You know, again, compared to the Pro Bowl and stuff. Because, 
you know, the team, you know, for players that are on that team that know that the regular team is in the the playoff chase and you're, you're chasing a pen and all that, you want to get the best record so you can have home I home no, home ice home field for the World Series. If the NHL did something like that for home ice um, in the Stanley Cup final, no matter what happens, it would be a little interesting. But I also think it would kind of deem the regular season a little irrelevant. But you know, baseball, you know, they, they were doing it for so long, and I think they still do it, or they they did it last time I checked. They might have changed it, but you know, the home run derby, they knocked that out of the park. And again, you know, the game is like actually. It, it, it's it, it's competitive, you know. Sure, there, there's there's some players joking around and all that stuff, but I would say it's the most competitive of all of the four major sports all star games. NHL is right behind that. So, just wanted to spend a little bit of my last segment um, touching on that, just because you know I was thinking about that, you know, while watching some of the Pro Bowl, and then of course while watching the All Star game this past Saturday. But um, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back on Tuesday evening for a full game recap for the Penguins versus the Bruins. And then, you know, we'll have a full preview for the game on Thursday in Ottawa. So hope you have a great rest of your evening. And if you're listening to this on Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning, I will see you all in a few hours for a full game recap for the Penguins-Bruins matchup.